Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host in The Pain Cave and I'm very excited to be joined once again by my partner in crime and my good friend, the Don Draper vulture running, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express, the Allie McLaughlin to my Allie McBeal. It's Phil Vondra. Phil, welcome back to The Pain Cave. Jay, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back in The Pain Cave. It has been a little bit too long. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I feel like uh, I don't know. We've been we've been kind of getting our signals crossed. We haven't run much together recently, and uh, I just looked up, and it's like six, seven weeks since our last episode. So we've been doing a disservice to the ultra fans of America. So we're here to get back into it tonight with plenty of news and a little bit of controversy and tons of race results to talk about, and a bunch of big races coming up this this weekend that we want to touch on as well. So I am very psyched to have you back. Before we get into it, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight we are drinking in an uh, other half, fourth anniversary ale here. It's a quadruple dry hopped Imperial Indian pale ale. They're just getting harder and harder to pronounce. And after we've drunk some of it at 10%, (laughs) we always pronounce anything. Uh, A quadruple hopped? Yeah, quadruple hopped. Uh, I'm going to be asleep in about 20 minutes. We're going to have to finish this off really quickly. Suits me. Here you go. All right. Yeah. Ooh. It's, nice. it's got a nice little haze I to it. I think you're going to be like 10. Yeah, I might eight. be about 10. All right. It's my first it's beer in a little, right? little while. All right. Mmm. That it's smells nice, though. my first beer in the last 15 minutes, so that's good. <laughs> All right. Cheers. All right. It's good to be back here. <sighs> you like that, Oh, gosh. Yeah, I knew you like that. That's good. You're going to fill your water bottles with that going that, forward. That's a little strong. Yeah. Ooh. It's all right. All right. Oh, can I just Let's see your ID for a minute? <laughs> no, you may not. All right. Probably a good thing. All right. Well, here we sit in the uh, beginning of the second week of April, and things have certainly been heating up recently. Some good stuff, some bad stuff. Let's start with just some recent things that have been going on. Last week, the talk of the ultra world, as always, was in central Tennessee for the Barclays Ultra Marathon, or the Barclays Marathons, I should say. And for the second year in a row, no finishers. What were some of your impressions of Barkley this year? Um, that it's really, really hard. <laughs> and you can get an absolute stacked list of ultra-running animals. And still, they fail to complete, you know, do a, the whole five loops. Um, I saw something yesterday where apparently Laz has added a new climb that's 0.7 of a mile with 1,800 feet of climbing. Oh, God. I think that's known as a cliff. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think... I mean, it was a stacked field, absolutely stacked. Yeah. And, you know, people ju- two people just about started the fourth loop, and that was it. The start list, at least from what I had said, and I don't follow this nearly as obsessively as you and a bunch of other people do, but until a few days before, I wasn't aware of some of the bigger names that were coming in. It, I didn't yeah. know that Jared Campbell was starting again. I didn't. I mean, I knew Jamil was going to be there. Right. I didn't know that Nikki Spinks was going to be there. I didn't know that John Kelly was back. So he had two previous finishers and, and a bunch of... Uh, newbies that were going to be potential finishers and Jamil obviously is always a threat to at least go deep into it yeah. and uh, it, it did turn into a, a little bit of a race but uh, from the I would say from the beginning of the second loop on it was pretty clear nobody had a chance yeah people were just running way too close to the cutoffs I mean you kind of follow it quite quite closely on Twitter and you know a lot of people were posting times from previous finishes John Kelly was moving very well and he looked, you know, I think he was in within three hours of the cutoff. But still, you got three more loops. Right. So on his second loop, he still had three hours inside the cutoff. But you still got three more loops after that. And a three-hour buffer is not a lot. 
and people were just getting so close to the cutoff. I mean, I, I don't know how much the course was changed this year, but certainly adding that big climb, everything I heard from people that did it was that it was hard. Laz saw the quality of the field, and I think he, you know, made it a little harder. It was... It, what was interesting was, I mean, Jared was out early with a, a badly sprained ankle, that it looked sounded bad. like. Yeah, it did look very bad. And, uh, you know, John Kelly looked like he, he did have a shot at least for a while. And yeah. then he, I mean, it sounded like he, nothing particularly wrong. He just kind of said afterwards, I know what it takes to finish this. And I wasn't willing yeah. to put forth the effort that it was going to take. And that was it. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. I mean, he actually wrote a really good article on his, uh, on his website. And, uh, yeah, just mentally, he just knew he wasn't there. You knew what it took, you know? Now, I, I didn't read the whole article. I saw something on social media, Twitter, or something like that that he had posted. From uh, from what just my interpretation of whatever that post was, it almost sounded like he was done forever with Barkley. He kind of, yeah, at least that, that might have been what I was reading into it. But he seemed to say, well, I've done it, and, and I know how hard it is, and, and that's yeah. pretty much it for me. Yeah. It, I thought it was pretty interesting because there's that one aspect of, like, I've done it before, I can do it again. And also, you know, I've done it before. There's no way I ever want to do it again. Right. So the mental side of it can play for you or against you. As you, know, you just know what you need to do. As Gary has said, Gary Robbins has said, you can't just want to finish. Wanting to finish will get you to the start, but you have to need to finish. And, yeah. and maybe once you've finished, for some people, you don't need that again. Yeah. Uh, I would think, I, personally, I don't need to finish at all, but I, I would think even, right. even once you, if you have that need, it, that's why I, you know, Somebody like uh, Jared, who keeps coming back with three finishes, I, I yeah, that's amazing to me. What what more could he need to get out of that experience? It's it's a little mind boggling. Yeah, a three finishes makes you pretty special, I think. You know, and Brett Marnie with two finishes, um, you know, they they have a a certain physical and mental strength which is just way way beyond the normal. Uh, Nikki Spinks, I think, got through two laps. Yeah, I had high hopes for her. Yeah, but, you me know, too. I think it's a learning process, and I think tough for a rookie, she'll be back next year and probably the year after. I think to get it first go, almost unheard of. Uh, you know, second, third, or fourth go, I think she's got a chance, but definitely a contender going forward. Yeah, I was reading Stephanie Case's uh, recap just the other day, and um, you know, it, it sounded like she and Nikki were together for quite some time. And, and I guess she, Stephanie, was kind of serving as Nikki's veteran, more or less. And Stephanie only had a couple, you know, one previous attempt and a couple laps herself. And, and you know, it's it's tough to be the person that, that other folks are relying on when you're, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, again, it's not like she's Jared or Pete or, or, or Jamil or somebody who's got, mm. you know, 15, 20 laps somewhere in their, in their past. Um, yeah. It's tough. But, yeah, I, I mean, it just sounded like a, a very difficult day as as always i mean you know so many things can go wrong there the weather rarely co cooperates yeah the first loop was warm apparently quite you know a little bit beyond warm i think mid 70s maybe 80 and then the second loop which was at night they were getting some snow and some hail mm -hmm. and i heard there was a low of 10 degrees which is so pretty tough conditions yeah yeah uh, uh five fun run finishes i guess led by yep. johan and um jamil and Jamil Guillaume and, and uh, finish. yep, Guillaume got a, a, a Guillaume got the the uh, third lap. Came in for the end of three laps, just past the cutoff to start yeah, he, a fourth lap. He missed the cutoff, I think, by three minutes. Right, but uh, got his fun run. Yeah. Um, and Johan and um, one other Japanese runner, Tomo Ihara. Right, 
and uh, two of them got to start a fourth lap, but uh, it didn't yep. sound like either of them got Craig uh, Hamilton, close to uh, Greg uh, Hamilton was the other one, right? And then uh, Carol Saab, and, the uh, Belgian dentist. Oh, Carol, correct, the, yep. um, the record holder on the AT. Yep. Uh, but uh, nobody got particularly close to a fourth. No, I think they. I think that uh, uh, Craig Hamilton and uh, Carol Saab, they got to the first book and then, and then dropped there. Good on them for heading out for a fourth, but they literally left for lap number four with, I think, three minutes to spare and needed yeah. two 12-hour laps at that yeah. point. It was pretty Which clear that it was, there was not going to happen. So the mountain wins again, as they like to say. Yeah. And that's a Blues Traveler lyric if you didn't right. know that. No, I... Actually, it's the mountains win again. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not a great song. Maybe you'll sing it for us one day. That would be, be nice. Maybe make we'll sure just I'm play it later. We'll, 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 we'll make that the outro today. All right. Um, good. All right. Yeah. So uh, the mountain wins again, I yeah. guess. And uh, we'll see, you know, going forward what happens next year. I know Gary Robbins is always talking about going back and hopefully, uh, you know, we expect should have recovered from his uh, stress fracture by yeah, then. Yeah, hope so. Jamil, you know, another fun run finish for him and, and still, I guess, always a threat if he, yeah. you know, can, can get right it right year, one day you know? and you just got to get the right... Um, the right weather, and, and we'll see Nikki back again, I'm sure, and Stephanie yeah. and, and uh, Maggie Gooderall, I guess, will we'll yep. probably take another crack, and we'll see. We'll see. Oh, but yeah, uh, fortunately for me, Barkley over for another year. All right. oh. The other big story from this past weekend down south was the Georgia Death Race, the third, uh, sorry, the fourth race on the Golden Ticket Series, and not without some controversy this year. No, there was a little bit of uh, course... Uh Drama. There was a yeah, a little some unusual flag flaggings or some rerouting. Yeah, so let's recap it quickly because I'm less concerned or I'm less interested in kind of the logistics of what happened than I am in uh, in the aftermath. Uh, talking about that a little bit. So basically, there was some confusion over one area of the course that I guess the uh, U.S. Park Service has been rerouting, and they're flagging kind of looked a little bit too much too much like the race director flagging and a large percentage of the of the of the uh field what what has been reported is about 40 percent of the finishers went off course and followed the usfs flags and not the race flags and it sounded like they uh actually went a little bit further it was about a quarter mile further than the the marked course but um they eliminated one of the major climbs and, and lost a few hundred feet of climbing yeah, I mean, from what I saw, they they went a little shorter. Oh, I, I thought heard. it was about a point two five of a mile, and it was about two hundred less feet of climbing. Now, some a little bit of Strava researching was done, and it looked like it saved them about five minutes. Saved the, right, saved them about five minutes, but it occurred at a spot where it dropped the women's leader back from first to about fourth, which is where she wound up finishing for the day. Right. Uh, because not, she, I guess the story was she went, she and a couple other guys went the correct way. And then the, uh, people, the, the second kind of chase pack of the women wound up going the incorrect way and finishing in front of her by much more than the five minutes. Ultimately what happened was the race director, Sean Blanton, uh, decided to, uh, inst- install a time penalty of one hour for everybody who went the incorrectly. Top five runners, I think it was actually. So, so anyone behind that, they just kept their normal time. Right. For the men's side, it did not affect either, uh, or it didn't affect the top couple of runners. Uh, the the top two men, Morgan Elliott and Sean Pope, were way out front, 
and uh, were not affected. I, I don't remember. I, I think they actually went the right way, so the penalty didn't even apply to them, but I'm not 100% I sure think, on that. I think they went the wrong way. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. But they still had enough of a lead that the, yep. the one hour did not uh, cost them any spots. It did drop the third place runner back to fourth, which is uh, interesting because if either Morgan or Sean decline their uh, golden tickets to Western States, which as far as I can remember, I don't think either of them have ever run a 100. So it's, it's right. you know, certainly a possibility that one of them might they, decide they not to do it. They apparently took tickets. I heard that, that's what I heard. You heard that uh, that's yeah. been confirmed? Okay, because it, it would have rolled down to a different runner. So that, that would have affected. The women's standings not affected by it. Although, again, the, the women's leader at the time did lose the lead ultimately uh, wound up in fourth place and, and finished fourth after the penalties were put into place. Uh, reportedly, she was okay with the decision. Um, but this, you know, this kind of turned into a thing online afterwards, as you knew it would. Anytime there's going to be some sort of controversy and some sort of race director decision, we saw this at Hard Rock last year. We've seen this multiple times in the past, going back to the, the first one that I remember, uh, at least playing out on a big stage, was at Speedgoat a few years back with uh, involving Killian and Ricky Gates, where Killian had basically run according to European sky running rules, which is fastest way to the top, and, um, you know, cut a bunch of switchbacks, uh, whereas Ricky ran the marked course, and there was some controversy there. So certainly this is going to engender a lot of discussion, and uh, the tone of the discussion got rather heated. <laughs> Interesting, I guess, is uh, one yeah. way to put it. What did you think of the decision and what did you think of the way it all played out afterwards? Um, <clears throat> I think the decision was right. I mean, maybe it was even a little heavy. Um, you know, I think that uh, it was tough because the markings were very similar. And even though the race director had mentioned at the meeting the evening before to watch out for this section and at the start line he'd mentioned to watch out for this section. Right. Uh, you know, people still missed it. Now, I heard that the flagging was basically exactly the same for so, except for some writing on it. And also people said you were through the section so quickly. It was only something like, you know, 0.4 of a mile or something. Right. So you're actually through it very quickly. So you didn't really notice it. You didn't really realize um, that you were off, right? I mean, you know, I feel like maybe they should have had someone standing there. Just tell someone to go up there and stand there at that junction and say, hey, this is the right way to go. Just make it easy. But anyway, that didn't happen. That would have been good, especially because it was relatively early in the race. I mean, certainly within the yeah. first uh, third of the race, I think. Yeah, I think it was at about 12 or 13 miles, actually. <laughs> right. If you, if you knew this was going to be a problem, and it sounded like they had anticipated it because, yeah. again, it was addressed at the both the pre-race meeting the night before and on the start line. Yeah. There were warnings about it from the RD. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, it's hard to spare volunteers, I know, but put somebody up there, put a big sign up, close yeah. off the, the one way that you don't want people to go. Do you know, uh, from, from everything we've heard, the majority of the course was very well marked. You know, maybe it could have taken a little bit more effort there. But yes, uh, you know, uh, it, it, he did impose a fairly strict penalty afterwards. And I, I, I was okay with the decision in real time also. I think it's totally fine. I think he made completely the right decision. Um, you know, there was a, a, a marking snafu, if you like. You know, it could have been marked, but it could have had a, a wrong way sign, like they have a lot of races, which I think are very useful. Right. Could have had something like that. Um, a lot of people made the mistake. I think the, ra the race only had like a, f 
not even a 50% finish rate. So then to disqualify... Which is pretty normal for GDR, I think. Yeah, but then to disqualify apparently 40% more people. Right. I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense. I think it didn't really affect standings. Well, it actually didn't affect the standings. I think it was totally the right decision. Learn for next year or next time is a situation like that. Have the extra marking. Have a wrong way sign. Have a volunteer, whatever it is. And we will move on. Yes, I, I agree. Now, there were some people who... I mean, there are some people who are, you know, uh, sticklers or hardline on the rules. You know, you run off yep. course, you don't complete the full course, you're, you're out. Um, and I see the argument and I, I respect the opinion. Although, again, I, I think, you know, trail racing is a bit of an inexact science. I, I, I completely understand the the sentiment that says we have rules and you have to apply the rules or else it's chaos. And, and I understand that, but I also, I, I think I'm a little bit more of a pragmatist than an idealist in this case. And, and, you know, making a decision like that is, is okay with me. Uh, what, what wasn't okay with me was the way that things went down afterwards. And, uh, this is always, I guess, a, a problem when, when, Things play out in real time online. Uh, online is not a great space for conflict resolution or anything like that. But the way this was handled on on both sides, but particularly on the side of of the race director and the race management, was unbecoming and unprofessional. And I I've, I found it uh, frankly offensive. Yeah, I think some of it did get quite heated. I heard you know there was some stuff said online that was maybe a little uh, aggressive. Uh, some stuff you know said afterwards in some podcasts maybe got a little little heated but um you know i think a lot of these people that pitch in with their opinion they don't have the pressure that a race director has you know like he had to make this decision on the fly it's a big decision it's a golden ticket race um and then everyone has an opinion yet they have you know no skin in the game it's just an opinion you know sat there on your computer at home he has x number of 100 races doing this race he has golden tickets to deal with you know, a lot of stuff. It, it was the right decision. That's um, that's fine. And I again, I don't disagree. I like I like the decision in real time, and I like it in in retrospect as well. But like you say, this is this is not a podunk little race. This is a big deal. Uh, the golden ticket races are because of the primacy of Western states are among the most important races in our sport. Conduct yourself with a little more professionalism. Conduct yourself with a little bit more decorum. Yes. You know, the rabble online can get annoying. And yes, you're the race director and, and you have the right to make decisions in your own race. But those de decisions have consequences and they, they have far-reaching effects in the sport. And, you know, like it or not, when you sign up to be a golden ticket race, you're representing our sport in a, in a way and with a visibility that a lot of other races and race directors don't have. Conduct yourself like a professional. You know, we mentioned the controversy at Speedgoat a few years ago. And, you know, Carl Meltzer, the, the race director of Speedgoat, himself is, he's no shrinking violet. He'll tell it like it is, and, and he'll be, you know, in all kinds of things, uh, you know, he's not afraid to say something or do something controversial. And, you know, I think in dealing with that controversy and that decision, Carl behaved like a professional. You know, even as somebody who, you know, online can speak his mind and piss people off, he made a decision. He stood by his decision, but he explained it in a professional way. He dealt with the complaints about that decision in a professional way. And everyone went home, if not happy, at least satisfied with, with the, the manner in which it was handled, not, it, it, if not necessarily the, the decision itself. You can 
run a race, you can run a race company, you can be a personality, you can have your brand or whatever it is, and you can behave however you want in your personal life. Uh, but when you're representing the sport like that, especially again, I mean, Carl representing the, the sky running world, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, you're, you're yeah. the, he was at the time, the only U S entry on the sky running world series when you're representing the golden ticket series. And, you know, you have people coming from all over the country to earn a, a shot to Western States, your decisions have consequences and your, your behavior speaks to the integrity of the sport and the integrity of the community. And, uh, I'm sure I'll delete this later, but it was it was unbecoming. Let's say that. Yeah, he certainly spoke his mind. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> definitely bent a few people out of shape. But uh, anyway, it'll all go into uh, ultra running folklore. Exactly. Exactly. This, this time, do you remember the time at GDR where we, you know, <laughs> sat around with our pipes and our slippers one day talking about it? So to get to the racing, um, as we said, Morgan Elliott, the uh, course record holder at, at uh, Mount Mitchell and, and uh, uh, U.S. Sky Running champion, did uh, get the win there. And uh, Sean Pope, who uh, has struggled on and off a little bit in the last couple of years, uh, came back with a huge in a huge way. And they had a very good battle for those two spots. Yeah. And, and it'll be great to see both of them, I think, make their debuts at States if they're going to be there. Yep. Both... Uh, at some point have lived in, in the Asheville, uh, Black Mountain area, uh, both uh, great trail runners, so that'll be exciting. Anything else from GDR? Uh, the women's race was very tight. L- Luzia Bula, mm-hmm. Swiss lady, 13.42, and Liz Canty, six seconds behind her. So they had a real, a real battle in that race. And both um, taking the tickets there, I think. Both taking the tickets, yeah, so... That looked like a very, very cool race. They, I think they swapped places quite a bit in the last five or six miles. A couple of uh, DNFs on the men's side, uh, Aaron Saft being one of the main ones that I yeah. saw. Um, uh, Travis Zipfel, another one who uh, would have been a contender. Andrew Miller, uh, two or three-time former champ there. And, of course, the uh, former champ at Western States did not start. Yeah, it was a shame. Yeah. So he really crushed it last year, right? Would have been yeah. Interesting. I mean, it, it would have been good because I think when you when we sit back with an objective eye and look at these fields, they did feel a little thin. Yeah, and he would have gone the right way as well. So <laughs> He wouldn't on the course wouldn't for sure. Wouldn't have had this problem, so we can blame him for everything. But, um, yeah, a, a little thin, a little disappointing uh, for a golden ticket uh, race. Now, I don't know if that's because so many of the big names already have spots or if it's just when yeah. it fell on the calendar. So but, it's a um, really hard race. I mean, it is. You know, it's probably the hardest the gold was. Well, there's no question. It is the hardest of the golden ticket races. Oh, I don't think there's any question. Right. You know, it's, a, it's a big burly it, mountain it's, race. It's the longest. It's the most game. difficult. It's uh, over 70 miles. The, the the rest of them all all 100k or or less at at Sonoma's in Sonoma's case. So yeah, and and not uh, you know, not terrain that suits or you wouldn't think terrain that suits the majority of the big names from the West Coast. Yeah. So, um, no, it's good to, you know, have, have a, a real East Coast um, showing there. And, and that was good to see for the North Carolina boys for uh, Liz Canty is a, you know, more or less a local there. And um, they, they could do well. They could do well. All, all of those folks could do well at, at States. You know, certainly uh, it'll be interesting to see Morgan there because he does have some of that flat speed that we like to see as right. well as the climbing legs. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we'll talk more about that race as it gets closer. The other golden ticket race that has happened since we last potted was Black Canyon and uh, definitely some really exciting stuff going on there. Uh, Primary for me, Casey comes back after missing out on a golden ticket at 
Bandera, uh, Bandera and uh, scores a, a pretty solid win over Io Wang. And uh, both of them will take their tickets. That was really good to see see her back. It was excellent. Yeah, Casey, 10th overall uh, in, a, in a fairly deep uh, field for the men as well. Casey and Io, uh, almost an hour ahead of third place, Mallory Richard. And, uh, yep. you know, just fairly dominant on that side. So... Which is, you know, what you'd expect to see from runners of their calendar, but caliber rather. But uh, great to see for for both of them. The men's side, Matt Daniels, who is just kind of starting to break into the ultra yeah. world in a big way. Yeah, he is, stormed it. yeah, he crushed it. Won by, I think, close to half an hour actually. Twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, he was out there against Excellent. some really really solid runners really on that side as well. Pick, yeah. uh, Chris Mako, who already had his ticket from Bandera and yep. continues to impress, and then. Eric Sensman proving all the doubters wrong, including me. Yeah, um, I I was not on the Sensman bandwagon for this year at Western States, but he's going back. He is, yeah. He was uh, just about a minute behind Chris Mocco. I think Chris uh, just overtook him in the last like 400 meters, so he had a uh, tight race and uh, good for him to get his ticket. It was great. Had a couple of interesting drops. Uh, Max King dropped. Uh, Jared Hazen, he yeah. dropped as well. I liked Jared. For a podium spot there. Yeah. I, I always like Jared's chances when he's healthy. But uh, yeah, and Max, it sounded like a, a pulled something in his calf, and that was pretty much it. Jared, uh, stomach issues, and uh, everything kind of just shut down on him. Uh, Anthony Conkle with a strong fourth-place finish. Dakota Jones on seventh. And uh, I saw Chris Hammies uh, with a, a ninth-place finish. Chris, the top U.S. finisher at UTMB last year. So good to see him getting some good yeah. stuff in there. A little further down, I saw Ronnie Delzer in the mid-20s. Yeah, I saw that. He he will be at Sonoma. We'll yeah. mention him later. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Okay, so the, that's those are the, the golden tickets. Uh, we'll talk, like we said at the end, a little bit about Sonoma, which will be the final race in the series. Some other big races. I mean, like I said, it's been a while since we, since we were on here and, and got a chance to talk about some of these results. One that I wanted to touch on a little bit was the Formidable 50K, which this year was the U.S. Trail Running Championships. Yeah. Um, and uh, right out of the gate, Tim Tolfson with a, just a, a really awesome. impressive performance. Yeah, really, really good. Real, like, uh, wet uh, mud fest there, apparently. Quite hilly as well, 6,000 feet again over 50K. Pretty pretty tough course, but, uh, yeah, Tim Tim had a great run, 343. A couple of uh, not-so-famous folks in the in the next few spots, uh, Sam Solly, Evan Williams in second and third. I don't know much about either of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I think they're, they're fast road guys, actually. Yeah, it's so, just kind of just getting into the trail scene, and we're just starting to see this this sort of thing more and more. Yeah. Um, and you know, and we mentioned uh, Matt Daniels, who I think is coached by Dave Roche, a sub fourteen minute five k guy in college, and and yeah. starting to break into the trail scene as well. Yep. And I, I, this is just going to keep happening. Yeah, I mean, fourth place, Dave Kilgore, a uh, uh, you know, uh, northeast or east coast kind of base guy, also a yep. ton of speed, a yeah. ton of flat, you know, marathon speed. Um, Ryan Gelfi, obviously, with his track background, was in fifth at Formidable. Uh, just some really good stuff. Yeah, and, uh, that was a solid field. I mean, a lot of yeah. these kind of road-type people just breaking in, starting off with this kind of 50K. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dave Roche uh, in seventh, first seventh. race in a while. Not a, yeah. uh, After being right up at the front early, faded a little bit, but still right. a, a really uh, solid performance. You know, uh, only 15 minutes between the top 10 guys or so, which is, you know, tight. pretty tight. Yeah. Pretty tight, especially at that level. That's that's yep. pretty good. For the women, Danny Marino uh, yeah, with a really solid win, uh, securing her spot on the U.S. team for the World Championships. Yep. Taylor Nowlin in eighth, a little bit of a disappointment for her. Yeah, I thought she'd be a little faster than that, but maybe just didn't have a good day. Yeah, and bounce back uh, later on this, this spring already. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, I think, one of the races that she won later on. 
no Megan Roche, which I was a little surprised, but then I guess she is suffering with a, a bit yeah, of an injury. Sure. And uh, Devin Yanko uh, was on the start list, but I don't think she actually didn't started. I didn't, I didn't see her on the results. Rachel Drake was second. Uh, and I think that gets some spots in the um, uh, World Mountain Champs, is that right? The uh, World Trail Running Championships, yep. Which I wanted to talk a little bit about the teams. The men's team in particular is just stacked. Did yeah. you see the, the team list here? I did see it, yeah. I'm, I know we have uh, Tim Tolfson as one. Let me see if I can pull it up right here. Sam yep. Sally's on there as well, Sam right? Sally is on there, yep. And... Uh, you know, the, the rest of the guys, Anthony Costales, another yeah. really fast uh, roadster making the transition to trails. I think he broke the course record at uh, Mohab Red Hot last year. Yeah. Uh, Mario Mendoza, obviously we know well, um, multi-time U.S. champ. Uh, he was the top U.S. finisher at the, at the World Trail Champs last year. Zach Miller needs no introduction, obviously. Certainly a threat to win anytime yeah, he steps on the line. Yeah, it's a solid team. Very, very uh, good team. Alex Nichols, uh, yep. you know, has been... Uh, uh, Run Rabbit champ, uh, Western States uh, podium finisher. Uh, this, I mean, we'll have to see who sh- who's going to show up, obviously. But to me, this team has the looks of a, a, a medal contender, obviously. Yeah, definitely. So it's a very, very fast team. Really good on the women's side as well. Kelly Wolf, uh, Casey Ennisman, or Casey Enman, and uh, Danny Marino, the the headliners. Anime Flynn, also very solid runner, yeah. and then a couple of youngsters in uh, Elizabeth Ryan and Corey Connor. Yeah, both teams look great. Really, really strong. It's going to be exciting. But uh, traditionally, I feel like uh, the men have struggled at this race a little bit. I mean, we've had some top ten finishes from Mario and Zach in particular, but uh, I feel like the team as a whole has yet to completely put it together at this yeah. at this discipline. Uh, the women, obviously, uh, with the gold medal performance last year, and this team looks at least as strong. Uh, but the men, I don't think, have ever been this strong before. It'll be exciting to see. Um, all right, what else has been going on? We mentioned Moab. Some, some really good showings there. A little bit of a comeback race for Sage Kennedy, coming in second there in a, in a yeah. very tight finish. Very tight, uh, five with, seconds off the win, right? With Bobby Peavy, that's right. And then uh, Mrs. Sage Kennedy, Sandy Nypaver, yeah. with a, a strong win there as well. Yeah, that was great. Good, uh, uh, good showing. Sarah Bard with a, a close third place there. It's good to see her on the trails. I'm sure we'll see her with Laura at Comrades, where she's been in the top 10 multiple times now. And then Sandy came back and uh, had a, another uh, really strong race. I think a second place at, I'm trying to remember where it was. Nine Trails in Santa Barbara. All right, we'll get to Nine Trails in a bit. We got a, a few other races to go before that one. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Let's let's hit some of these other uh, ones kind of quick. Did we mention Way Too Cool? We didn't. Anthony Costales. That's right. The, That's right. Another in, muddy West Coast uh, rain fest. Where's my way? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe again, not the kind of feel that it's been in the past, but still some some good names. Uh, you look a little further down, you know, we had um, Gus Gibbs in second, Jeff Mogavero in third, both very strong runners, not the, the most well-known, but but very strong. Yeah, the uh, women's field was strong, I think. Yep. Claire Gallagher winning, 353. Yep, Addie, Addie Bracey, Bracey in right second. Behind, they'll, both be, they'll both be at States, obviously. Um, uh, Anne-Marie Madden from Canada coming down yeah. and, and str- yeah. a, th- a strong third. Uh, we saw Camelia Mayfield in fifth, Brittany Peterson in sixth. Uh, both really, really strong and well-known yeah, runners. I thought the women's field was was strong. There. Yeah, that might be the that might be the women's field of the year in the early going so far. Patrick Regan and Cody Lind on the men's side with uh, top ten performances as well. There, Chuckanut, the other big early season fifty k. Uh, Hayden Hawks, Tyler yeah. Siegel, really Close hot. Yep, and um, 
uh, Sarah Bard with the top five finish there as well. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. A couple of Canadians there, first and second. Catherine Drew, 426, and Kim Magnus, 429. So Wins is coming, the Canadians are coming too. <laughs> Um, the other big early season 50K, obviously the road national championships at Consett. Yeah. And some fast, fast running on the men's side. Yeah. We had, I think, three guys under 254. Is that right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Zach or- Ornelas. Yep. Another Dave Roche client. Yeah. Super fast. Austin Bagina was uh, 53 seconds behind that. And then Derek Hamill, 254. So some fast running there. That That's real quick. Yeah. Um, seriously. You know, it's not that, that course is not... Uh, it's not a difficult course, but it's not the fastest. Uh, right. There are a couple of rollers. Ten, it's 10 laps. It, there are a couple of rollers that, you know, do add up after yep. 10 laps. And um, there's one hairpin turn that you have to hit 10 times, which is a pain in the ass. It's going to slow you down. It's going to slow you down. I mean, on a on a faster course, you know, that those 250s could be a 248 or a 247. And, and I mean, regardless, that that's, that's moving. I mean... You know, five, ten years ago, uh, a 255 was going to win that race pretty easily. Right. Um, and, you know, it just shows the the kind of competition that we're looking at these days in, in kind of across the board now. I mean, all these all these events that we're talking about are just getting faster and faster. Uh, Elizabeth Northern on the women's side with the 324 win, that was pretty solid on that course. There are not a lot of women who have gone yeah, under 330, that's, that's so great. that was really strong. Uh, okay, what else? We probably get to nine trails now, can we? Sure, we can talk about Nine Trails. Nine Trails uh, is an interesting race. It's been around forever, and it seems like it has not been on anyone's radar outside of kind of the greater Santa Barbara area until, I don't know, a year ago? Yeah. Did we even mention it last I mean, year when I, we talked about I this? I had heard that, that, you know, it's sponsored by a local running store, and they kind of reached out and said, you know, let's try and get a good field this year, and they, you know, ended up with a good field. Well, when you get the when the when the Cowboys come out in mass, it's gonna oh, yeah. it's gonna bring the press, it's gonna bring a lot of attention, and it's gonna bring out the runners. So the I mean, Cowboys did show really up in good. force. I mean, thirty five miles, eleven thousand feet of gain. It's an out and back, so it's kind of exciting. Um, you got Jim showing up. You got a couple of the other Cowboys showing up. Yeah, it's uh, it looked looked fun. So the Cowboys go one two. Yep. With uh, Jim, to no one's surprise, a, a fairly dominating win. Jared in second. He looked like he was cruising. I mean, I saw some of the some of the video of him running. He was just chilling, having fun, just just crushing. You know, training run. Yeah, exactly. Looked, looked really good and relaxed. Uh, Chris Brown, local Santa Barbara runner and yeah. a top ten finisher at Western States in yeah. third place. That is really fun to see mixing it up with the big boys. Yeah, uh, all breaking the old course record. And that course record I, I saw has been around since '94. Oh wow. Okay. So that's a this is a longstanding race and a longstanding record to see three guys go under it at one time the other cowboys that were there uh uh, cody reed in sixth uh was 11th sentiment obviously had just recently raced at uh black canyon so i guess uh skipped there oh no i'm sorry sentiment was seventh oh right okay so i didn't didn't you know all all five of them in the top 11 there all right cowboys traveling on mass that's craziness loaded up in the uh, vw camper van and headed over and really strong on the women's side too i mean you know with it without uh Without the benefit of the uh, cowboys or the whatever the, I don't yeah. know what the female equivalent is, the trail sisters, I guess. Cowgirls? Cow, well, yes, but I, I meant in actual reality. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, I know what a female <laughs> cowboy is, yeah. Uh, Taylor Nallen, as we mentioned before. Yeah, she's with a win. Yep, and, 624. Uh, and Sandy Nypaver right behind her. Yeah. The two of them both uh, 
took cracks at the Grand Canyon Rim Duran Rim last year. Yeah. Uh, Sandy just missing Ida Nielsen's time, and then Taylor took it out about a week later, yep. and then uh, they came back, and then Jay LaRosa in third place. Yeah. Um, sure. Running, it looked like, with Nick. Right, okay, so he's back running. That's interesting, post-hurt, yeah? Yeah, it looked like, I mean, they finished together, so I assume he was oh, just cool. pacing her or whatever, but uh, nice. yeah, no, a, a solid finish for her. I, I, do we ever figure out what happened to her? It hurt if she, because she Don't had know. been leading for a long time, and then she dropped out, and I wasn't sure if it was a problem with her or if, you know, Nick had had his issues, and then she just went to check think, on him. I think Nick had had some issues, I yeah. think that was the thing. So, uh, I mean, g- good to see them both back and healthy, and, and uh, Jade with a really strong race there. Some other names, Chrissy Mole uh, down in 10th. But, uh, yeah, really strong, really strong. Some other stuff we – I wanted to touch on uh, the jackpot uh, ultras, the 100-mile road championships for the year. A couple of really good performances there. Mark Hammond running away with it with a freaking 13.05. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fast. Really, really fast. Uh, Sam Skeels was second with a 14.07, still very fast. Yep. Um, Jean Pommier, a 50 plus age group record, national record, 1447 wow. at 53 years old. Wow. So shout out to those guys. Uh, Jake Jackson was fourth. Jake was uh, second, I think, to Courtney, not to Courtney, sorry, to uh, Camille at um, Desert Solstice this year. Okay. Uh, so And still holding strong onto a, a likely spot on the U.S. 24-hour team. Uh, he was one of the pre-race favorites going in, wound up fourth in, in uh, 1520. And Olaf Wasternak, the uh, former uh, 24-hour world team member uh, in fifth place, just under 16 hours. The winner for the women, Connie Gardner, uh, who ran 1815, also an age group national record. This was her 12th national championship. Wow. Yeah. So uh, really, uh, you know, Shout out to Connie, a, a real yeah, kind of forgotten road and track star at the 24-hour yeah. and 100-mile distance, still getting it done. Uh, some really good stuff there. Let's talk about a couple others. Anything else? I got a bunch of stuff written well, down. Well, I'm a Courtney fanboy, so she won the Behind the Rocks 50-mile, uh, 723. Took the overall win, win right? Yep. Outright win and course record, so awesome to see her out there crushing. I think about Exciting. 40, 45 minutes ahead of the first-place male. Yes. Um, yeah, about 45 minutes, 8.07 for the second place, and that was the the first place male. So Unreal. She was she's on fire, which is good to see. Uh, Antelope Island, we saw the, the return of Jeff Browning winning the 50K there yeah. after his 100-mile uh, win last year there started him uh, kind of off for the, for the year. Mark Hammond uh, winning the 100K at Prairie Spirit, I saw, so a couple of early season wins for Mark. Yeah. And... Um, Wanted to mention also that the, the uh, Crown King Scramble, which has been that race has been going on for about thirty plus years of fifty k. Ida Nilsson and her brother David came over from Europe and both won their races, setting uh, their own course records uh, oh, nice. respectively. There, uh, David beating a pretty solid field, including yeah. Tim Frerichs, who oh, wow. uh, came okay. in second one week after nine yeah. trails, uh, wow. just three minutes back, and and uh, Catlow Shypeck, who had been second. Yeah to um, Dave Laney at Rocky Raccoon coming yep. in third there. So a really strong field for, for an nice. old, old race there yeah. um, and some good times as well. I was going to give a, a little local shout out to the Mount Tammany 10 as well. Jay mm-hmm. Lemos winning that one there from the men's side, 7.38. And then Mendy Gallo winning the women's race, uh, 9.18. And that's a tough race. I think it's 12,000 feet of gain over 40 miles. 
Yep. So ten, ten laps. Stuff. Yeah, ten laps. It's uh, on beautiful, beautiful East race. Coast garbage rock yeah. garbage. Well, there was no snow this year, so it was at least they had trail to run on. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Jay winning there after I think three or four times coming in second place. Yeah, uh, battled yeah. Um, uh, Brian Rizicki. Yeah, uh, kind of till the end there. I think they were together, or you know, within a couple yeah, minutes he, until the last lap. Yeah, I think he set, got away from it on the last lap. So. Good, uh, good running from Jay and Mendy there. That's good to see. Yep, and Jay following that up, I think just a week later, with a third-place finish at the Castle River 50K Yeah, and sewing up the Solomon New York Trail Series title and a, a free trip a broken to Broken Arrow. Arrow. Awesome. Along with uh, his teammate, Kerr Davis, winning, uh, I think, all three of those races in that series on the women's side. Yeah. She'll be going there as well. So good to see that. Uh, another East Coast race this past weekend, uh, the Umstead 100. Another yep. one of the oldest hundreds in the country. Uh, Olivia LeBlanc and Jim uh, Sweeney going one and two for the second or third consecutive year, I yeah, think. Yeah, 1334 from Olivia. And Jim Sweeney, 1439. So Yeah, so last year they had kind of come down to the wire. They both ran just uh, in the, I think, I want to say Olivia was about uh, 1404 and Jim was about 1407 and closing late. Uh, this year Jim struggled with some stomach issues and uh, kind of had an up and down day. Uh, Olivier with a 13:34, I think the third fastest time in the history of that race, which is that that's another one that's been going on since the 80s. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, you know, a course record by Mike Morton at that race, who uh, is a multiple podium finisher at Western States and still holds the U.S. record for 24 hours. So that's legit record 13:34 this week, and especially with they did have to struggle with a little bit of that Virginia heat. Uh, really solid performance from him. Women's side, it was uh, Sarah Aponte, fifteen forty, mm-hmm. and then uh, Megan Alvarado, sixteen twenty one. Friend of the pod, former yep. guest Megan Alvarado. Yep. Uh, that was a good one. Yep, making a stepping back onto the trails. Both Olivier and Megan will be on the US twenty four hour team yep, as the defending right. national champs. That uh, is going to the World Championships this fall. So I think they're both kind of gearing up for that. Um, one other thing, a little bit of a backyard ultra action went on over the last, uh, last couple of months as well. There was, uh, one in Norway, mm-hmm. the, uh, Ostmarker backyard ultra that, uh, apparently had a bit of snow on the course and that was one in 33 laps. And then there was one in Denmark, the great Dane backyard, 27 laps was the winner there. I think Laz was there actually. He was. Yep. That's right. And, and everyone was like, how is he going to get back for Barclay? <laughs> right. But he did. He made um, it. And then there's the Ohio Backyard. It was won by Troy Allen, 31 laps. And these guys get a, a backyard ticket, basically, right? Well, the European winners do. Um, oh, the Ohio winner doesn't? The I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Mm. It, it se- what, it, what it sounded like to me from my interpretation of this is, is the winners of the overseas races get tickets. And the of the, uh, I think it's five or seven U.S. races the top two performances overall from all of those races oh, right, get okay. tickets. Now, Troy, interestingly enough, is already in bigs, in, in the big dance. So right. he he doesn't need that that ticket, as it were. Uh-huh. Okay. So it will go to the winner of another race. Mm-hmm. Now, the question, I mean, what will be interesting as as it gets later on in this kind of process, there are there's another one of the backdoor ticket races, ba- sorry, excuse me, Ooh, backyard ticket races, uh, I think coming up this weekend or next weekend, and then there are two in late June, including the the local one near here. What will be interesting is if 
if, you know, by the end, the standard or whatever will be needed to, you know, get one of those two U.S.-based tickets will already be known, obviously. If the, you know, this is a format that is obviously dependent on having at least two people go for a certain period of time. Yeah, because if you, if you, you know, you're still, if you're, if you win after 30 laps, well, that's all you're going to run, right? So, right. it's not I mean, your fault. Right, that's, that's exactly my right. point. Right. So, are it, is it then incumbent upon whoever wins one of those races to just keep going by himself <laughs> or herself yeah. for the next several hours? And right. and is that fair to ask the race director and the volunteers to all sit around, around yeah. and just watch this one guy do it just to try to get the? I, I don't. I'm not sure how that's going to work. So that'll when, be when uh, Johan Steen shows up. Everyone's like, oh, I can't volunteer <laughs> anymore. I, I can't make it. Sorry, I can't be here for four days. But uh, no, it's it is interesting. I I kind of in. You know, when when this kind of series was announced in terms of the the backyard series or however they're um, designating it, whatever, I kind of was thinking 30, 31 hours is about where most of these are going to come out, I think. And yeah. that's that's really what we're starting to see is is the range of of winning distances or winning times is in that kind of 28 to 32 hour range, mm. 33 hour range. I, I just don't think I mean. You know, I, I think some of these performances that we've seen in the last several years with 48, 55, 67 hours, these, these are not everyday occurrences. I mean, you're talking about the best runners in the world. It's not like these same people are showing up yeah. for all these other races. So I, I, I do think you are going to hit that point around 30 hours where most people really need to take a nap. And uh, that's, I think, where most of them are going to settle yeah, out in that range. 30, 30-ish hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything else before we kind of move on to some of the things from the future? Just, uh, I'm just going to give one quick mention to Sandra Brown, an English lady who has just completed running 200 100 mile races. The first person to ever do that. She was also the first person Jesus. to run 100 100s. Um, she has finished 160 of these 100 milers in under 24 hours. Um, she's done 100 of them in under 24 hours. So she's, uh, sorry, 45 of them in under 20 hours. So, yeah, it's seriously impressive. 45 in under 20 hours? Yeah. That's yep. nuts. I know. It's really impressive. Can you really picture doing 4,500s in your career? No, and certainly in under 20 hours. Absolutely not. I mean, that's no, unbelievable. Very impressive. Oh, God. Yeah. And her husband's pretty amazing as well. He has the British 100-mile walk record of 16 hours and 50 minutes. So, hey. Can maybe learn how to do some walking from him. Seriously, yeah. So anyway, oh. impressive stuff. Well done. Uh, well, that makes me feel terrible. Brown. Like oh, I could shouldn't. just walk. I could just walk as fast as I'm running these things. <laughs> <laughs> what what no. the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> we <laughs> Wait, what, is, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we haven't seen them walk yet. <laughs> <laughs> you might not want to do that. Oh, no, man. very very impressive. Last East Coast uh, mention Mount Mitchell, one of uh, our perennial favorites here. Local local lad Luke Paulson with a 4.29, a really, really impressive uh, yeah. win there over Mike Owen coming out from, from Ohio. Uh, yep. Good to see some good, some good mm. performances there. Aaron Saft rounding out the top three. And uh, our, our old friend and favorite, Eliza LaPierre, yeah. uh, with a second-place finish to Amanda Morris, who I was not familiar with. But uh, right. both, both strong performances, Amanda running 5.27 and Eliza 5.34. So good to see both of them running well. And... Um, did you see there was a an ultra trail, a new ultra trail race in Argentina it this past weekend? Absolutely amazing! Yeah, I saw some pictures. Oh, because I, I saw the pictures and I was stunning. like, "All right, that's a race I never want to do." Yeah, it looked incredible. I'm I'm thinking maybe that's something to look at next year. Yeah, 
Jason Slarb winning. Slarb for the men and Rory Bozio for the women. Yeah, so, uh, fantastic. Sweep. Yeah, it did all look kind of stunning. And I saw Rory's picture at the finish line pouring with rain. Oh, so God, it looked miserable. It looked uh, mudslides and rock scrambles, and it just looked terrible. Yeah, you know you'd love it. <laughs> One thing, I mean, you know, these, you know, as as the influence of UTMB kind of continues to spread and we, we see more of these ultra trail branded races coming out. I mean, it, it's, I don't know that the kind of competition is there to support this many international races yet, but, it, you know, certainly we have to kind of keep a, a keep in mind that, that when we review or, or look at these results, we're not seeing like the absolute cream of the crop necessarily at all of these races. I mean, certainly some of them, yes. But what's what's interesting is as these races continue to grow and expand, we're, we're really seeing U.S. runners on both the men's and the women's side go to these races and, and do incredibly well. Yeah. You know, and, and not that we would expect anything less from guys like Schlarb and, and women like Rory, but uh, it is great to see that, I mean, you know, the U.S. on, on the roads, on the trails, uh, on the track is – you know, as competitive as any other country yeah. and it's deep. Uh, at all of these. You know, there's, a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of good runners. Yeah, yeah. And it, and I think also we're seeing a lot of these guys take, guys and women, take uh, risks going overseas and, and racing uh, other competition that they're not aware of yeah, or, or that they're not familiar with. One, because they're, they've seen other people have success and also because I think the attention is there now and the sponsors are, are kind of down with this and, and it's it's great to see everyone kind of branching out and doing different things yeah and i think they like the adventure aspect i mean you know these mountain races going to argentina to do these races i mean it's, it's a pretty awesome uh, place to be on the downside of the early season kind of results is just some some kind of annoying or or depressing injury news and and a lot of this stuff is not overuse kind of stuff I, we're seeing a lot of people go down with just like random fractures and rolled yeah. ankles and, and all kinds of stuff. But some big names missing a lot of time recently. Hillary Allen knocked out for the whole first part of the year yeah. with a uh, rolled an ankle and fractured her fibula. And that was a yeah. pretty good fracture. Actually, she posted her, her pictures online. Yeah. And she just recovered from a previous injury, right? I yeah. Mean, from crazy. a pretty bad one from last yeah. year and had been running well. Um, Pete Kostelnik, who was, you know, just recovering and, and rounding into form as well, yep. uh, tripped and fell or slipped on ice, I guess, and fell during the Beast of Burden winter. Right. Uh, early on, I think 30, 40 miles in, wound mm. up finishing and winning the race and then found out he had uh, fractured, I think, his elbow. Wow. Uh, yeah, radial head I have written down here. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, he'll be out for a while with that. Uh, Sarah Kyes, who fell in the hood, right? <laughs> fell the right here in the gunks, uh, yeah, you know, crazy. and uh, she has a fibular fracture. And then oh, today we just found out that a uh, friend of the pod, Debo, Debo yeah, is uh, going to be shelled for a little while okay. with a, a, a fracture as well. Yeah. It sounds like a, um, a fibular avulsion fracture, which, you know, fortunately is generally not an injury that has any long term sequelae or anything right. like that, but is going to knock him out for a while and may put Couple hard rock in. Think, in cool. yeah, it's probably it's six weeks at least, is my right. guess. And so that may put his hard rock in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, speedy recovery to all these folks. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I hope this is just a, you know, these, these are all, none of these are overuse injuries. These no. are all kind of, you know, just shit luck. luck. Really. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully everyone is, is kind of on the mend. I know Hillary, I just saw is out of the boot and, and maybe starting to do a little bit again, but, um, you know, hopefully this, this is not a trend and, and is just a little blip on the radar. Yeah. Uh, also quick recovery. We hope to, uh, Gary Robbins who did yeah, have a stress fracture. From, yeah. So ho yeah. hopefully he's getting back to it soon. Yeah, I slipped on a wet rock. I cut my knee and then fell backwards into the river. It wasn't ideal for me on Sunday. Well, we all, have, we all have our war stories to tell, Phil. <laughs> 
Big weekend coming up before we go. Wanted to talk yeah. quickly about, um, I guess, I mean, the big one stateside is going to be Lake Sonoma, which is the I mean, final race in the uh, in the Golden Ticket Series, the final two Golden Tickets to the Western States Big Dance to be awarded. Yeah. And, yeah, who are we looking at this weekend? I mean, it's probably easier to say who's not going to be there, right, than <laughs> who's going to be there. But, yeah, I mean, Anthony Castales, Max King, Dakota Jones, Jared Hazen, Eric Sensman, Ronnie Delza, Charlie Ware. I mean, Bobby Peavy. It's like everyone's there. It's yeah. massive. This is, this is uh, I think we, you know, the last couple episodes, we've kind of said, ah, not a great field, not a great field, not what we've, what we've expected. This is this is a full-on Sonoma field. Oh, this, yeah. is, uh, this, is this is the cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh, we've got half of the Cowboys in there. We've got, uh, on the women's side, Camille is going to be there. Magda's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, EU, who's also got her, or who already has her ticket, I should say, is going to be there. Yep. Uh, th- it is going to be fireworks. It's going to yeah. be really fun. I mean, Kelly Wolf's going to be there. Addie Bracey's going to be there. Anna Addie May already Finn, has her ticket, I think, from Camilla Bandera, Mayfield, Sabrina correct. Little, Keely Henninger, Kareen Malcolm, Sally McRae. I mean, it's the women's field is absolutely stacked. I mean, both fields are stacked. Yeah. I mean, easily going to be domestically the two best fields of the year that we've seen so far. Who do you like? Um, I got to go with Jared. I, I think I like Jared too. Yeah, I got to go with him. I think he's gonna, you know, keep his uh, stomach together. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Um, I mean, Anthony Castales, I I think could be right up there as well. But I've got to go with Jared. That that's the I, my podium is for the men is uh, in in no particular order. Uh, Jared, Anthony Casales, and uh, I like Bobby PV coming off of the yeah. win at, at Moab Red Hot. I, I think that's. But that's I mean, fair. all yeah, like you said, all kinds of names. Looking at it, uh, I mean, Charlie Ware from Arizona always yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, you know, Max. Uh, it's hard to bet against Max. Uh, I just don't know where his fitness is right now. Um, Sensman, of course. Um, Jeff Mogavera, we already talked about earlier today. It's 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 going to be, it's going to be great. Who do you like for the women? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, I think, I think you's got to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Magda and, um, Sabrina Little, I, I think might have a chance. She looks like she's running well. Eus won this before. Uh, I think two years ago, maybe yep. won her way into Western States with a win here. You know, uh, I want to say a bit unproven at the hundred mile distance, but, uh, at 50 miles, she is very, very tough to beat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be running maybe a little bit with the pressure off because she already does have her ticket yeah. from Black Canyon. Uh, it makes a difference. Yeah, I think it really does. I think she'd go in fairly relaxed, and uh, I think she's going to be very, very tough. Uh, Eliza is on the start list. Yes, she is. Yeah, um, she could could well be up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Camila's on the start list. If mm-hmm. uh, if she shows up and she's in shape, she's obviously the one to beat. I mean, it's hard to bet against her from fifty miles down, even on yeah. the trails. Um, if I had to pick a podium here, I'm going to pick Camille. I'm going to pick EO, and I'd probably pick Kelly Wolf as as my third with uh, with right. Addie Bracy kind of in the mix as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something. It's going to be a lot of fun. A uh, couple of uh, Ultra Trail Tour races from around the rest of the globe as well coming up this weekend. I know um, Mario is going to be in Spain. I think at uh, Penny Galosa. That's right. Yep. With uh, Cody Reed as well. Cat Bradley's going to be there. Uh, I saw Pau Capel is going to yeah. be in uh, the Patagon- at Patagonia 100 uh, this weekend. So that'll be fun. All right. 
Uh, wow, we covered a lot, and my mouth is getting kind of dry, so let me... All right. Well, you managed to drink that I, beer, so... Well, it's starting to hit me a little bit, so anything else bedtime. before we go? That's it, really. I mean, I think if you need to find me this weekend, I'll be mostly hitting the refresh button at Sonoma. But uh, yeah, some some good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I think we'll try and get the long run Saturday in early enough. And if we should be back, I mean, East Coast time, we should be finished before they even start yeah. up over there. So we should be good to go. Yep. You've got anything coming up? You No, you're not racing really I, until, uh, until June. Is, uh, yeah, is uh, June 1st, uh, Cayuga. Cayuga Trails, 50-mile champs. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That'll be good. Going and for your third age group national championship? Yeah. Yep. Got two. Maybe try and get three. We'll see. Go for number three there in, in your new age group. Congratulations. And then yeah. uh, Manitou is a few weeks after that, right? Three weeks after, yeah. And uh, oh, and this week also we should mention the Breakneck Trail Runs uh, locally. So yep. keep That'll an eye out for uh, some of the some of the top here. East Coast guys. I think Dave Kil- Kilgore will be there as oh, well. Oh, nice. Um, so it'll be good to see yeah. him back in action. All right, Phil, thank you very much for coming back in. A pleasure as always. And we should probably reconvene fairly soon to discuss the results at Sonoma and uh, everything else that's going on in the ultra world. Sounds good to me. Everyone else out there, thank you for joining us once again in the pain cave tonight. And until next time, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mountains win again